Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have a character. Hello. Hi. Hello. Discovering Trek listeners, Sarah and Casey here, and this is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the first frontier. Two of us are breaking down another episode of Enterprise. This is the first full series watch through for me, and it's a rewatch for Casey. Today, we are straightforwardly assessing episode 11, Cold Front. <laughs> should I just keep oh going? <laughs> you should do the whole intro like that. <laughs> this episode traveled over the airwaves into your TV unit about 20 years ago on November 28, 2001. If you haven't watched this episode yet, what are you doing? Y'all got time. Stop, stop being sad and mad. Just watch it. Paramount Plus, Netflix, or Amazon Prime. Watch the episode, then come on back and join us for talking, talking, talking about Cold Front. That's it. That's all. We hope you've enjoyed our non-warning spoiler warning. Okay, then I don't you, even know if that was very Boston. It was just it's just whatever it is. I have no idea, but gosh, that that was you <laughs> did you went in and I I, I, appre- I appreciate that big time. I kind of oh. want to talk like that all the time. I think if I get a new job, I think I might just go in and be like, "Hi, hi, Sarah here. Where do you want me to sit? What is this? I tell what you, doing? if you do that, my offer is still good. If you do the first meeting where you yeah. rhyme just for Ooh. the first minute you do the yeah. accent and you rhyme you'll Boom. drink for free at stlv for at least one one year <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, but, oh my gosh before we get into discussing cold front and sarah's wonderful accent <laughs> we want to remind you that we like to hear from our listeners about their thoughts on well everything enterprise so how can you get in touch with us with your thoughts of the first season of Star Trek Enterprise? Well, why don't we suggest something about like ways for them to communicate with us? Oh, smart. You know that there's a website. It's like trekgeeks.com. And there's a whole like slash contact. And in there, you can give us all your thoughts, dark secrets. And you can be as brutally honest you want about my weird accent that I was doing. Um, on Twitter and Facebook, all you got to do is search for Discovering Trek. If you have a telegraph, you can go for it. But to be honest, our telegraph skills are kind of rusty. But, you know, do what you're going to do. You can also leave us a voicemail by visiting our website at trekkeeks.com and click on the big blue button. Remember that any comments you leave might be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek, or they might be used against you in the court of law. Oh, Boom. please. No, no, dun, dun, dun. no way. No court mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. No cue. No cue mm-hmm. from us, y'all. Oh, but talking about judging. Yeah. You know what I got to judge? How many slices of pie this episode's going to bring us. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to yep. have you go first. Yep. How many slices, Sarah, do you give this episode of Enterprise? Um, I don't know because I don't remember the Enterprise episode and I didn't write it down. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you how many slices after my recap. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Is that Think fair? That. Hey, 
you're a co-host. Do whatever the hell you want to do. Absolutely. Okay, that's what I'm doing. All right. Then well, we go rogue. I will I will tell you, I give it three slices of pie. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I enjoyed the B plot a lot more, I think, than the A plot and the way that plays out. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of, of the Cold War plot lines. Ooh, but there was Cold War. Okay. That's how it is. So now, <sighs> ladies and gentlemen, prepare your ears, your earlobes for the wonderful Sarah and her recap. It's happening. I need this recap badly. I don't remember this episode. <laughs> okay. The Netflix warning pops up. Nudity and gore? This episode, Cold Front, should not be a bore. There's Sulabon to start with straws in their head and talk of bad movies that folks seem to dread. There's a creepy new guy who seems eager to please. His name is Daniels and he seems kind of cheese. There's a ship nearby and the captain seems perturbed, but Archer insists they come visit. This guy is such a nerd. They talk about religion and their sacred events. The ship's getting hit. Steam comes from the vents. The ship almost blew, but a wire was cut. It was done by a bad guy. It makes me ask, what? Tripp says no one did it, but someone he not someone he knew. And Daniels wants to talk to Archer for just a quick view. He talks of time travel and a temporal war. Archer believes him, but T'Pol is not sure. He's from the future, and it's Silic he wants. The Sulabon evades, hides, and taunts. I missed a few minutes, but Archer seems out. Daniels is dead, and Silic gets out? His old room is locked. Now it is sealed for who knows what's in there or could be revealed. I remember this episode now. I liked it. I'm going to give it four. Four slices of pie because I like the temporal Cold War idea. I don't know anything about it. And I know it's referenced in other series and I can't remember what, but I'm excited. I got bored near the end and lost interest because I was like, oh yeah, Archer seems like he's out of it. But then the guy died and I was sad and the room is locked, which I think is a really cool spooky way. But the the the, the people showing up for whatever reason was like, meh, their religious thing was kind of boring. <laughs> ah! You remind me right now of Chris Pratt doing the, the whole, uh, he reenacts Roadhouse in an episode of Parks and Rec. <laughs> this is exactly <laughs> what I thought of when you're doing that. <laughs> Into it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> fully committed. Woo. I think I remember what got me. Yeah. No, this was great. Fun. Well, see, there you go. Now. Okay. So. I think this is going to dive us directly into transporter thoughts. Yeah. Because I think you and I have a little differing on the whole cold war spiel. Okay. And I also have something else I'd like to add to the thoughts. Oh, go for it. And this one's going to be, um, what's the word I want to say? Um, people might not like it's controversial. Oh, okay. Nothing wrong I with that. That like, the one of the big things about Star Trek was there was no religion and not a lot of discussion of religion. So I thought it was very interesting that there was a lot, not only, I mean, it's other alien species are going to have their thing and I totally get that. And it's been throughout Star Trek and I think that's great, but a lot of them were asking the humans about their stuff. And mm-hmm. I just don't think I've ever heard that anywhere. And I was just like surprised by it. Yeah. Um, I, I hear you. I dug it. Uh, that's one of the things that was really interesting. I mean, Archer, they kind of ask Archer and he goes, well, I, I just kind of try to keep an open mind, which is a yeah. very noncommittal answer mm-hmm. and could be, I think about it a lot or I, or I don't, or 
Who yeah. knows? Um, and what I found interesting about this and the B plot is that it was very religious, but not preachy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, it wasn't over the top. Mm-hmm. Nothing felt phony to me. It's like, Hey, every 11 years, you know, when this thing happens and there's a, there's a bloom going on, these, these people see it in a, in a religious way and uh, are sincere. And I thought mm-hmm. it was shown in a sincere way. It opened up a lot of questions to me about, I'm not, a, I'm not a religious person. Um, personally, I, I have no problem with people who are, I think that's totally cool. Everyone needs to have their thing. And I, and I think that it makes some people really even better people to have something to grow with mm-hmm. and a community. Mm-hmm. But either way, but I found that in this, in this episode, it was so well done that it makes me feel like I, that Star Trek missed out by not touching on it in other series, like, especially when you think of Deep Space Nine, I'm sorry, this show is becoming now the Deep Space, discovering Deep Space Nine again <laughs> instead of Enterprise, but that's such a heavy Bajoran uh-huh. prophecies that I think it would have been really cool to have had a little bit of conversation around what was it that Cisco grew up with believing with his family versus Bashir versus mm-hmm. other humans, because whether we like it or not, it is a huge discussion amongst yeah. humans now. And there's so much variety and there's so much hate and 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 misunderstanding and even like perversions of religions by mm-hmm. extremists and stuff that it's just so topical of the human experience. And so I feel like after watching this episode, I'm like, oh, I kind of would... I never thought I'd hear myself say that I kind of wish there was a little bit more of that discussion in other episodes of of the series. Not a lot, but just to bring it up because it's it just makes you relate to the show and the characters that much more. I hear you. I I think a lot of it is, you know, network whoever's oh, yeah. that don't want to mm-hmm. accidentally insult somebody or oh, yeah. drive a portion of their audience away because mm-hmm. really, I mean, <laughs> You know, the, the shows are made to produce a transaction mm-hmm. and the transaction is advertising. Oh, and yeah. so it's like, hey, the better you can entertain someone, they stay with it. They, they watch the commercials. They do this. They, they buy stuff. And yeah, I can see a lot of network mm-hmm. people going, let's just let's just stay away from that and not even yeah. That's get sure. ourselves in any type of thing. But, you know, you get an episode like this. And it's well done. And, you know, I mean, Phlox, once again, I love, he is into everything. Everything. And passionate and, you know, hey, if I'm on this tin can, I'm, I'm going to do everything possible. I want mm-hmm. to experience everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and seemingly knowing more about different religions on earth than mm-hmm. Archer does. Mm-hmm. And is you know he's rattling stuff off, and boy, there's just a uh, sincerity and enthusiasm in that character, and and even for other emotions, doesn't tamp it down. It's just like you know if he's kind of annoyed with Archer or something, you kind of see a look of ah, yes, Captain, <laughs> you know, type of thing. But goes in, and um, I I found myself more interested in that than the cold war stuff because and i don't know if it's because it's new characters and i just like daniels 
you know, I didn't care that blown away at the end because there was no emotional investment for me yet mm. in this character. Now, if we'd seen this character maybe a few episodes before doing the breakfast or, you know, serving the meals when there's other scenes in these other episodes and it doesn't have to talk, but you see, oh, it starts building that this character's there. And, and yeah. instead of, oh, here's the first time we meet this person. Right. Um, and, you know, a uh, future guy, you know, at the beginning in that, you know, it's like, well, you, you look like a human white male to me. Um, so. Kind of creepy. Not, yeah, not, not. not really yeah. interested in that. Now, um, temporal cold war. Mm-hmm. Where have we heard about this? When was it first referenced in Star Trek? Is it East Space Nine? Well, well, no, we we had it at the beginning of this whole series. So in the original series, no, the pilot for this Enterprise for for Enterprise. Yeah, I know, but but what series I, was the first? Did they talk this, about it in Deep Space no, Nine? I don't think so at all. Oh, have they mentioned it in Discovery then? Is there why why do I feel like I've heard about the Temporal Cold War reference before on Trek? It might be in Discovery. They might have said something because of the whole deal with time travel. Didn't they bring it up to Cisco when the trouble with triples trials and tribulations and the dudes show up and they're all like Well, yeah, they're they're the temporal guys of saying we don't want people going back in time and changing things. Yeah. But I don't know if they exactly talk about the temporal cold war i i think this was a nice way for enterprise to kind of segue into that saying hey it was never specifically mentioned or not mentioned so yeah is it come up again more in enterprise do you want me to tell you i'm thinking that would be a yes then maybe 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 not i think it probably does when did he say it takes place He's from 900 years in the future, he said? Yeah, so Daniels is, and it's... Whoa, so he's like 100 years maybe, or a couple years ahead of Discovery. Right. Because Discovery takes place how long after Enterprise? What was the time frame between Enterprise and the original series? Uh, 100 years. So he's like 800 years ahead of Discovery. I mean, there's little threads here where if Discovery wanted to... Get that actor back as an older version? Right. Hey. Most definitely, where you could you can do these mm-hmm. retcon tendrils through everything, which might then give the stuff that they're doing in Enterprise a little more depth. When you go, okay, hey, this this yeah. stuff is going on uh, more and more. Interesting. It would be. I think it would be. Hey, guess who we see again? Who? Por- Porthos. Uh-huh. I'm I'm gonna start doing Porthos sightings. So second episode in a row. Now I have a question question for you since we're both dog owners or dog cohabitators. Cause Mm. I don't think I own my dog. My dog owns me. He owns me. (laughs) Right. Okay. So Silic is, you know, hiding in Archer's quarters. Mm. When Archer comes in to, to feed Porthos. Don't you think Porthos would have sensed something? Well, he senses it, but he would have torn the crap out of Silic of here's a stranger coming into my territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm not just going to sit here. So when Archer comes in and is like, oh, I know, your dinner's late. I'm sorry. I'll feed you. Porthos would just be dead staring at that corner. 
Unless Silic had treats in his pocket. Oh, Silic has bacon. <laughs> He's got future bacon. God damn it. Too smart. I'd like future bacon. Uh, I'll take bacon that's from the past and from the present. And I love bacon. That would be good. And it's really oh. good for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Health food. Okay, I have here's a question for you. With all these guests that come over to the ship, and I love the grumpy captain of the transport ship. Oh, that would be me. What do you want? Yeah. I don't know. I don't care. I'm this like turtle head. He's like, dude, this is, I'm just, I'm, I think about people who maybe pilot ships that are doing stuff or boats that go to maybe like a famous waterfall mm. every single day, two or three times a day. And mm-hmm. it's like, this is just my gig. Okay. Mm-hmm. People want to see this water. I am, I am way done with it. I'm making money. That's fine. I'm a charter, whatever you got to be. So when all these guests come over to the enterprise, um, where is their security chaperone? None. Right. Right. I didn't didn't see any. And they, they go down into engineering and free for all. It's just like, really? Is it just trip? And like (sighs) one other dude that's not paying attention. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Ooh, this, this seems very lax. I get why they risky. We are doing it for the plot lines, but uh, and I love it how Tupal is not buying any of this <sighs> at all. And, and and what she says, and really what kills all these plot lines for me of the Temple Cold War, she goes, Well, why didn't he just come a day earlier? So, you know, to, to not have to do that. And it just gets to the, you start thinking too much about it. It's like, oh, I'm going to unravel all the Back to the Future movies in my head. I can't do it. Oh, damn it. That's fair. And, you know, and then Daniels gets kind of digitally blown away. Yeah. So, hmm, is he gone forever? Is he not? Oh. I don't know. You know, but I don't. Yeah, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm really trying not to say things because once once you got it in your head, it can't leave. Fair enough. You know what else is in my head? Fansets. A whole lot. Fansets. And a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) Hey, Discovering Trek listeners, we're taking this moment right now to thank our friends over at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor on Discovering Trek. The Fansets crew are always working to put out the best product available and continue to surprise us with new designs and product releases. There are more great products out right now. Go check it out. Each month, there's something new. There are pins from all the series. The different class ship pins, which I really dig, Voyager character pins. And of course, there's some really fun non-Trek items like Scooby-Doo, Batman 66, DC Bombshells, and Ultraman. So in fact, this week I bought more Enterprise pins. So I'm trying to work to be a completist because I keep looking at my pin collection and I go, oh, I forgot that one. I forgot that, oh one. Boy. I forgot that one. So a little bit, I know, it's it's my little the thing. thing. So once that's done, I was like, okay, I, ah, I can look at other stuff now. But there's tons of pins and accessories for all of us at fansets.com. So how about right after listening to our dulcet tones sent directly from Shakari, you go to fansets.com, browse page upon page of great pins, and then load up your cart. Enter the special code word Discovering Trek. Remember, it's on all caps, no spaces, at checkout for an amazing 10% off your entire order. And also remember, if you're in the U.S. and you spend more than 30 buckaroos, you get free shipping. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. 
<laughs> That's too much fun. I'm sorry, anybody who doesn't like it, but I'm not sorry. You're good. Don't be sorry. It's. I'm I think fun. we we all can have fun and make uh, fun of ourselves. Uh, you know what isn't fun? Bad food. Oh, the worst. Right? That's not going to happen in this house tonight. I have a small turkey roast, <gasps> and there's going to be some Yorkshire pudding and Ooh. some mashed potatoes and gravy. Ooh. And peanut butter cheesecake square for dessert. Oh my god! When you yeah, do yeah. your turkey roast, do you wrap it in bacon before you roast it? No. Okay, just letting you know. This is oh, I, I'm bacon's aware. It's an option. Bacon's health food. I'm just trying to make you a little more healthy. I only have four slices left, and I'm saving them for when I make a burger later this week. Oh gosh. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we should probably get some type of food sponsor or we should eat before we record these because we get to chef's special of the day. Yeah. (laughs) All I want to do is eat. Yeah. But since we're in the commissary, all right, let's let's talk some things here. All right. Uh, Future guy, temporal cold war. Is this plot intriguing so far? I mean, do you find it something where you're looking forward to more of this? In the future? I say yes for two reasons. One, I like that the idea of time travel war would just like make my brain go and I just welcome that challenge. But also, if it means that we might get a little bit more sassy pants to Paul, I'm all for it as well. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm purposely try. I purposely like not saying certain things. And I, as I told Bill earlier this week, I try and not remember yeah. certain things in episodes mm-hmm. so that I can experience this again uh, fresh. Um, and I wonder because I go through it, I go, okay, Silk and Daniels, especially Silk, seem more pawns to me in in whatever game is happening than being in charge of anything. And especially when Silk, like, you know, they're going to put that big old needle in his eye at the beginning and say, hey, guess what? You, you blew it last time. We're taking your advanced sight out. If, if you do this one right, okay, we'll give it back to you. And then I wonder here, since, I mean, I don't believe a word Silk says. And Daniels, I'm, I'm eh, maybe. I mean, just because we see him in a Starfleet uniform doesn't mean he's completely on the up and up either. Mm-hmm. is, you know, okay, what are, what are the ramifications and why do they save the ship when Silic was trying to kill Archer, you know, in the pilot? Right. So I, I hear you on the, the brains being blown of trying to figure out what time travel stuff has to happen to edge uh, the the story a certain way for a certain faction to get what they want, you know, with, with all these little, little tendrils going on and heck Daniel's cool little wrist finger button pushing. I'm going to walk through mm. all the bulkheads type thing, which, Hey, nice special effects. That was, you know, nice green screen going on there, but I just, and, and it was very, I, I was noticing certain things like, Hey, Archer, you know, drops that at the end. So all, all the, equipment daniels brings is destroyed by the end of the episode so they can't be mm-hmm. used they're they're cleaning stuff up so it can't just be oh but why don't they do this because they've they've got his you know time travel cool magic eight ball or they've got the walk through the wall thing now with all this sir do you 
question for you. Do you think this plot line and the, the Suliban take away from us learning about the other alien species that we already know? Or do you think this was a needed fresh angle for a new series that was what, fifth, sixth series of Star Trek? As you were talking, you probably noticed that I was like looking away with like a frowny face because I was just thinking, as you talked about, like they mentioned the temporal war, the Suliban episode one. Ugh, I just didn't enjoy episode one and I didn't enjoy the Suliban. And I remember thinking that the first time I watched it. And I remember thinking that the th- second time I watched it and I'm just like, Ugh. I remember you kind of warned me like, yeah, they come back in the series and I'm like, cool. Like if, if they're coming back is going to be hugely in touch with the temporal war storyline that I'm kind of not over the moon excited. Um, Especially Mm. when some of the best episodes that we've watched this season so far have been nothing to do with either of those things. And it's been about just them interacting with like people from the last one, the fortunate son or from being on planets that are just typical star Trek, like this temporal war could be good but is this show a standalone episode show or is it a continuing story show pick one you can't do both yeah they're they're kind of straddling certain things that they're trying to do and i don't know how successful that they're able to do it and like you say when when you're spending all this time with the suliban and the cold war it's like i Honestly, I'd love to go back and get a little more Klingon info mm-hmm. of the Klingons now have that holographic technology. What are they doing with it? What are they doing with what it? What kind of nasty stuff are they doing in there? Uh, oh, my goodness. Well, this episode might be the explicit episode, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, hey, we get more dog in this episode. Yeah. And you know what? Because I, I keep thinking about Chef. And all these stakes, these huge stakes. So Portos must be getting awesome steak bones at the end of the day. And I'm surprised that this dog isn't humongous because know. you know every crew member oh, yeah. wants to give little treats, uh, little hugs. In- interesting when they're walking around in this episode and like Portos is following uh, stuff. Uh then, like, if something very exciting or like, hey, we got to get to the bridge or something, like, where does Porthos go? I think he just strolls, just strolls around and has carte blanche on the Enterprise to basically go wherever. Do you think the door sensors would pick up on him? They, I don't know. They got to be way low. He's like probably foot, just stuck in his room all day. Foot level. Well, that would stink. Yeah. I mean, that's not good for, for a, a pupsito. No, but uh, so honestly, I think that Porthos is in Archer's cabin. Archer leaves to go to duty. Porthos goes out and goes and hangs out with Chef because he knows where the good stuff is. And Chef is just going to continuously be able to give him treats. (laughs) Well, no, it's just like. Okay, and then about half hour before the episode is going to be, not the episode, sorry, Archer's got to come back home. That chef, you know, goes, all right, Porthos, go, go back home. Go back home. Porthos goes, lays on the bed. Archer comes in. Porthos plays like, I've had the most boring day. Feed me. And then, boom, gets more food. (laughs) (laughs) 
but that's it. That's all I got in the commissary. I like it. I think we did good. I think that it changes my opinion to my pie slices and I want to go back to a three now. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I, I, now that I'm remembering, like, eh, eh. yeah, like it was okay, but I don't want like that much more of it. Well, you know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <Fair> <laughs> I can understand that. So this is where we end the series. We're not doing any. <laughs> Show's over, folks. Show's over. Twelve episodes. It's been fun. Not even heavier. We enjoyed bringing this to you. Yep. Next will be Star Trek Porthos. Yep. A D Space Nine rewatch. <laughs> well, since we're closing down this episode, it is closing time, and that does it. Ladies and gentlemen, and everybody who's listening on our coverage of episode 11, Cold Front. We will be back next time chatting about episode 12, Silent Enemy. And right now, there's a fly that is not a silent enemy, and we're trying to get it. (laughs) But we continue to celebrate the 20th anniversary year of Enterprise. Until then, remember you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or by heading to discoveringtrek.com. Where can all our fantastic listeners find us on social media? The Twitterverse, Camp Kittimer on Facebook, Discovering Trek on... Trek Rewind. Oh, Trek Rewind, which everybody, because, you know, come on. Sarah puts up some very funny stuff on there, and I dig it. Sometimes. Awesome. If you enjoy what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a subscriber, you can get access to the unedited recordings of episodes as well as exclusive content and great subscriber rewards like our annual supporters pins from Fansets and our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network t-shirt, among other things. We would like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. We are so, so thankful for their support. Producers are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lena Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and Jess Vashon. The senior producer of Discovering Track is Jude Tapman. Jude, glad you're here, my friend. Yes. And if any of y'all who are listening would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or even get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Until the next great boom, two to beam out. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.